and one of the things is pay attention to how they're walking in pay attention to how they move and just know like lady i don't really know what is wrong with you but i can just tell you that that's not normal so if you can't straighten up on your own right now we need to find out someone that can help you to do so okay so you've finished your class the weights are stacked you've rolled up the mats shut off the lights and rehydrated now join me as we explore our passion our career on group fitness talk radio Hi, and welcome to Group Fitness Talk Radio. I'm Amy McGowan, your host. You can reach me, Amy Joe, at groupfitnessradio.com. With me again today is Trish Muse. Trish, welcome back. Thank you, Amy. It's great to be here. I'm so glad to have you back. We're actually recording part two. I sort of left you uh, last time with Trish with a cliffhanger, letting you know that we were going to talk again. And now we're going to talk with Trish about exercise modification for back injuries. Trish, I'm so glad we're going to talk about this. I'm happy about it also. Trish's background is great for this. Trish is a physical therapist and she's actually going for her doctorate. Did I say that right, Trish? You did indeed. Doctorate of science in physical therapy. Yeah. So she knows all the insertions and attachments for all those muscles. And she's, um, Trish, I went to school with a bunch of PT majors at La Crosse, Wisconsin. Oh. UW La Crosse. I was I'm the only with lacrosse. My yeah. tennis instructor from Penn State was from Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Big PT school. So I was the only business major, and they all came back every day smelling like formaldehyde from of working course. with the cadavers. Spend a lot of time with dead people. Yeah, you do because you've got to know how those muscles work. So Trish has a great background for this. Uh, Trish also has worked in the pharmaceutical industry. She is a an um, author, published author, wellness coach, and she owns Body Productions, Inc. So she's very experienced in this. So Trish, let's talk about the, the dear, dear members that come in sort of leaned over with their hand on their back, usually low back. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, well, how are you? And they're like, well, I'm okay. My back's kind of hurting, but I really need to work out. Where do we go with that? Okay, so where we go with that, and I'm loving the opportunity to do this specifically for group fitness instructors, because I think our challenge is tougher than any other fitness professional out there, because they come into small studios or group fit or health clubs, and everyone throws them right into group exercise. There's hardly any time for you to get to know the people that come into your classes before they come in. So I think what happens is you get a Pandora's box of injuries and past medical history that you don't get the opportunity to troubleshoot before you do your class. We don't have a clue. You have no clue. And many of them don't even fess up when you ask the question, anyone have anything I need to know about before we get started? They won't even fess up. Mm-hmm. So I think the the first thing is you don't need a doc. What I always say is you don't need a doctorate in physical therapy to note someone walking in all doubled over or halfway lean to the left or to the right isn't normal posture. Good thing because so, I don't have one. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? You know, is it, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what you can't do as a fitness professional. I really want to tell you what you can do. And one of the things is pay attention to how they're walking in. Pay attention to how they move. And just know, like, lady, I don't really know what is wrong with you, but I can just tell you that that's not normal. Mm-hmm. So if you can't straighten up on your own right now, we need to find out someone that can help you to do we got to troubleshoot, yeah. We need to troubleshoot mm-hmm. this. And so from a group exercise perspective, I'm going to say, like, well, first, you know, are you in active pain now? So, you know, hopefully they're not coming to you in class in active pain. If they are coming in with active pain, then what you want to do is say, okay, look, let's, hopefully maybe it's a stretch class. 
Let's just work on some deep breathing. Let's work on some posture. Then you're not going beyond scope of practice. You're not really endangering them. You don't really have to worry about hurting anything. They can still participate and then you can refer them out. Um, you know, if they come in and, you know, they got the hand on their back and you say, well, hey, you know, what's wrong? What are you here for? Then you can say, um, well, you know what? Uh, you know, my back hurts. Uh, anything else going on? Okay, pray to all things good and holy that they say no to that one. And you can move from here. Um, you know, if they give you anything like numbness, tingling, you want to immediately refer them out because you don't want that to get exacerbated or worsened by what you're about to do in group exercise. So numbness and tingling are an immediate, "Mm, I really don't think that this is a good place for you to be right now. Exactly. Numbness, tingling, radiating pain, pins and needles. Feels like my foot falls asleep when I'm doing this. Immediately out the door. Okay. And when you say refer out, who should we refer them to in a group fitness setting? And when... When you say refer out, who should they go to? So who you're going to refer them right back to is you're going to refer them back to their doctor. Okay. Now, if what they're doing is going back to their primary care doctor, if that's who's initially or, or primarily treating them, that's when, where they want to start. You know, you don't, you don't really have to get into the alphabet soup of insurance, but you say, why don't we go back to your primary care doctor? You know, if they don't need a referral to go through an orthopedist, it's fine. We don't quite know that it's an orthopedist they need to see at the moment. Like, I don't know, how long has this back pain been going on? Do you have a long history of this? Have you had surgery here before? You know, those are some of the the deeper questions that I'll probably get into. But I would initially say just refer them back to their primary care and say, you know, what you need to tell your doctor is that you have pain that's stopping you from being able to stand up straight and walk correctly without pain because that interferes with your safety and function. Those are the key words. It ought to get them in hopefully right away. And then the doctor can start to untangle where they need to go from there. Okay. So they've untangled it. Um, They've been given the go ahead to exercise, but they're still in some pain because we know that back pain lingers. It can. Um, And they're coming to our class um, with, their doctor's blessing, but with some caution. Okay. And so, so it, let's let's go from there. So some exercise modifications or what should we be careful of those kind of things in class? You know, I would say the easiest golden rule to follow is to use pain as your guide. Okay. Stay below the pain threshold. So in other words, if this hurts, then maybe do it with less range of motion. So if bringing your knee all the way to your chest hurts your back, bring, try bringing your knee three quarters of the way. Does that feel better? Uh, that only feels a little bit better. Okay, now try halfway. Okay, that I can do. Then work from there. So just like we'd like to use full range of motion with the class participants that we have, full range of motion isn't always available to us, either because the joint just won't move or maybe because there's pain or maybe there's instability. So sometimes you got to let pain be your guide stay below the pain threshold, stay below where it hurts. So have the person stop before it gets to the point of where they have pain. So that brings up an interesting point. If we're coaching our group fitness class, class, let's say it's a strength class or some sort of muscle works class, and we have um, a participant or two that we just are frustrated with in our mind, we haven't said anything, because we don't see a good range of motion, even though we're cueing it and we're telling and showing and doing, 
um, that would bode the question then to them in a, in a very nice, respective manner. Um, is everything okay? Are you going on? Are you feeling any pain? We would need to check that out um, after a period of time. Would that be a good suggestion? That would be an awesome suggestion, and I, and I often do that. I'll, I may walk up, and sometimes I'll just put my hand over my mic so everyone else doesn't hear exactly. me and say, you've got a little bit more range of motion that you could use there if you can tolerate it. Got it. And then the, some, oftentimes the people turn to me and they go, I've got an old rotator cuff injury mm-hmm. or I've got an old back injury, and if I go all the way to the ground, it'll start to hurt. And I'll go, that's perfectly fine. Just the... One thing that I often tell my class, they're probably tired of hearing it, but they always need the reminder is know your limitations, work within them and exercise to move beyond them. Ooh, say that again, will you? Sure. Know your limitations. Know your your limitations Uh and work within them. Exercise to move beyond them. Ooh, love that. So see, sometimes you can. So you have to know your limitation. If doing a full squat or, you know, or a lunge or a repeater knee bothers your back, now you know your limitation. Now work within it. Yes, I can do a repeater knee, but I can only do it lifting my knee one quarter of the way up or half of the way up. If that's what you can do, Give me what you've got because we all know what you don't use, you will eventually lose. So if you can do that repeater knee with half range of motion, do that. And then the hope is over time, you will get more range of motion because you have tried, you've continued exercising to see if you can move beyond it. You may or you may not hit it, but the key is you were able to stay active and independent. That, I love that. Okay. I'm, that is going to be a new cue for me. So um, with back, so now we've said, okay, do not work into your pain then. You know? Right, so you want to stay, stay below the pain. Okay. Um, other things to cue and modify for back injuries. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we, I'm going to put this with a back injury, even though it's more of a metabolic disorder, but I think it's really important in today's society osteoporosis and osteopenia. Huge. I'm so glad you brought it up. Yes, go. So we have to. So number one, the key things you keep in mind with anyone whom you know have osteoporosis, full-fledged thinning of the bones, or osteopenia, which is a precursor to osteoporosis, the beginning stages, correct. Flexion of the spine is a no-no, as is rotation. Now, What happens is when you flex the spine, you bend it like an abdominal curl, a pelvic tilt, bending over to pick something up, rotating the spine. When you rotate, there's always an element of flexion there because the spine has to flex to rotate. Mm -hmm. In order to turn, it's got to bend a little bit. And what happens is you put more stress on the bodies of the vertebrae. That's where the fractures actually take place in the spine with osteoporosis. So So that's why those two movements are ill-advised, contraindicated. So the worst thing someone with osteoporosis or osteopenia can do would be an abdominal crunch with rotation. An abdominal crunch period or an abdominal crunch with rotation like an oblique crunch. Would be horrible. Right. Or, you know, for example, um, flexing of the spine, you get flexing of the spine with like a modified deadlift. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I, oh my gosh, I can go through a bazillion different uh, ways. Anytime well, we flex. you bring in your, you, anytime you bring in your head towards your knees or your toes. Yep. We flex so much. Okay. So, so anyone. Much. Now I, now I can probably find a couple people where their doctors are still allowing it and maybe they're being monitored very closely. Maybe they're very strong. Maybe there isn't, um, any evidence of osteoporosis in their spine and maybe their doctor is giving them a little bit more latitude. Okay. That's fine. You're always going to do what the doctor said. Okay. But as we said before, we started this one group exercise. We often don't know. Mm -hmm. So we have to err on the side of caution and maybe be a little bit more conservative than we might be with ourselves or with someone else who has the go ahead from a doctor. Okay. So modifications then for osteo conditions, um, other modifications for people with low back. Yes. One other condition of the low back is called a, a lumbar stenosis. Uh -huh. So what happens is you start to get a narrowing of that spinal canal. Mm -hmm. And when it narrows, sometimes you can put pressure on that spinal cord. Really? Because it doesn't have as much space to exist, correct? Okay. Yep. So it's kind of being closed out of, you know, being closed out of your space. All right. So when you start to kind of compress those nerves or nerve roots or the spinal cord, what happens oftentimes is going into extension Okay. beyond straight triggers their symptoms. Okay. So for them, I wouldn't do trunk extension exercises like lying prone and lifting your trunk up off of the floor. Now, if you still wanted to do some back strengthening exercises in a class setting, what you might say is if you know you have lumbar stenosis, we're going to go ahead and do our trunk extensions here lying on your tummy. But if you know you're unable to tolerate it, lie on your back and now just press your back into the floor with some gentle pressure. Hold it for a couple seconds, two, three, maybe four, five seconds, and then release. And just do an isometric for trunk extension. Got it. So just modify without extension there. You modify without doing active extension beyond zero. In Got other it. words, going in almost and going into a hyperextension to extend the spine. Okay. When people come in with Sorbax, our members, how... Uh, most of my members have no idea what's going on with their backs. Yeah. What is what is our responsibility really as a group fitness instructor when they come in and say their low back is sore? What is our kind of professional responsibility to them as they're walking in? That's an awesome question. Um, you know, I'm, I very much believe that it's, it's first do no harm, whether I'm acting as a physical therapist or if I'm a fitness professional, because you're doing something with someone's body that could potentially harm them with, with all good intentions. I'm not saying that anyone has any bad intentions. With that being said, your professional responsibility is first to know that a screening has been done and that it is permissible for them to be in class. Now, if it is already understood that it's permissible for everyone to be in class and they've assumed their own risk, okay, then the first thing that you want to know is, okay, you've got back pain. Is this new? Okay, how long has it been going? Okay, if this is new, they need to be referred out so that someone can evaluate their back to know what's going on. If they have a history of back pain, are you currently under the care of a doctor or physical therapist? Have they discharged you to come back to regular exercise? Because sometimes people take it upon themselves to progress themselves. And it may not necessarily be their best move, so to speak. Okay. Now, if someone says, you know, well, I'm still under the care of the therapist or the doctor, but I just wanted to come in and join you, you can say, well, you know what, 
I certainly would not want to hurt you. I don't want anything that your therapist has done to become, you know, messed up or changed in any way, particularly if you're making some progress. So, you know, we never want to turn anybody away that gets hard. So what you might say, well, here's what I'd like you to do. I really want you to invite you in. What I'd like you to do is when we do this, I want you to observe so that when you get to start from physical therapy, you already know what this exercise looks like. You're ready to go. However, I want you to work with us with just working on keeping your posture upright, working on deep breathing, bringing your belly button to spine, zipping up, you know, incorporating that core. So where we go to move, I want you to hold it still. I want you to work on bringing those ribs together as opposed to letting them fly open apart. If you can give them some of those things so that, so what you're going to do is you're going to do part of my class and I'm going to keep an eye on you and I'm going to give you a good, a, you know, a little wink when this is something that you shouldn't do. Okay. So really someone that just woke up in the morning with a sore back, we really should refer out. That's our professional responsibility. Did I get that right? Yeah, you know, if someone, you know, if you look at um, the American College of Sports Medicine and their guidelines with refer to when someone can participate in an exercise program and when they need referral out, signs or symptoms of a condition or a disease is an indication that they have to be referred out. Okay. Now, you know, I wake up with a sore back and it's kind of stiff. If I can say this, you know, you kind of have to qualify the pain. And oftentimes I find that's a big E, particularly in exercise and even with my patients. Oh, that really hurts. Oh, I'm going to die. It's okay. Does this really hurt or is this just discomfort from doing the exercise? Well, I haven't worked out before. And when you stretch my hamstring like that, it's really tight. Okay. Now I know the difference between something wrong and discomfort from exercise. something uncomfortable. Exactly. Did you sleep wrong because you were up all night hanging out at the club dancing and that's why your pain, that's why your back is hurting or did you actually do something like shovel snow? And may you have. Years of time? And maybe you've sprained it, but we don't really know that it's a sprain or a strain until you see someone and that's diagnosed. Got it. So if oh. you wake up and you go, oh, I'm really stiff and it hurts. And this isn't something you normally deal with. Then you can go with the good old first aid. Ice compression. You know, elevation, elevate your back, but you know, take okay. it easy. You know, you go with your basic kind of first aid type of thing. You know, whenever you have like, you know, some minor ache or pain, how would you treat it? And if the person said, oh, I did that. I did that already. How long ago did you do that? Well, I did that about five days ago and you're still having some trouble now. Now, you know, they need to be referred out. Got and it. I'm not saying that five days is like, you know, um, the, the go-to number for when you refer out. But if it's lasted more than, you know, two days, three days, they do need to be referred out. Got they've it. already kind of tried those prudent measures and they're not getting any better with regards to the symptoms and they do need to be referred out. Yeah, that's helpful. Hopefully everybody that helps kind of differentiate when it's an immediate refer out and when you can kind of say, well, join us, take it easy, modify, you know. Um, exactly. So look at changing the range of motion. Look at, you know, sometimes you have to use a little less range of motion. Sometimes the person isn't engaging their core. Mm -hmm. and, and so there's so no support. There's no support. They, you know, they're not creating that intra-abdominal pressure from which to move their legs or their arms. Therefore, it hurts. Yeah, you guys, I do have to say, I just had some surgery and I wasn't able to engage my core for about four weeks uh, because they had cut through my abdominal muscles. And I cannot tell you the back pain that I had from that. And it is so much better now because I can re-engage my core again. And those two opposing muscle groups, you need them both. 
um, I can't imagine not having those core muscles. I'm so glad to have them back. So I just thought I'd interject that. If they, if your abs aren't there, your back has to work so hard. And, and if you're not breathing effectively or efficiently, so breathing is something else. Breathing is something else, especially when it comes to the back. So you've got to make sure that you're, you know, inhaling fully through your nose. And what I find, I don't know how I discovered this with a private Pilates client, is when I would say inhale, they would go and just sniff. Oh, just <laughs> a teeny know? tiny little inhale. Not even a teeny tiny one, but a really short one, as oh. opposed to inhaling throughout and then exhaling throughout. They inhale just one short kind of staccato inhale, and then they blow out through their mouth instead of blow out through their mouth the whole time. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been telling you to breathe and you've been telling me that you are breathing. But now that I look at the way in which you're breathing, you say inhale and they take a quick inhale, one big gulp. And then when you say exhale through the exercise, they blow it all out at once as opposed to blowing it out throughout the entire exercise. Interesting. So breathing will help our members with some back pain as well. And also with regards to this back pain, many times they do. They get stressed. They get stressed because of the pain. The pain gives them more stress. The heart rate goes up. The respiration rate goes up. And so breathing helps to put one, as we say in physical therapy, on the parasympathetic side, it means yeah. it helps to relax you. Okay. So, so we've got to get them breathing too. That's a good call. You've got to get breathing too. And you really want to encourage them to do that deep diaphragmatic breathing because many people, unless they were trained singers or musicians or dancers or cheerleaders, they know how to breathe and project their voice. But the average person usually doesn't know. They don't typically think about breathing. Those that have to use their breath for a performance know how to breathe. And so Deep breathing and using the diaphragm is very foreign to most people. They tend to breathe very shallowly and use their accessory muscles around their neck. So their upper traps get tighter and then it works its way down their back and it just kind of contributes to the problem. So certainly deep breathing, belly button to spine, limiting the range of motion where you do have symptoms. Watch their exercise form and technique. Sometimes their technique is simply not that great. And could be exacerbating the problem. And could be worsening the problem. Because if you move those arms and legs without control, or maybe they've got too heavy of a weight. Okay. Maybe they're not engaging the correct muscles to actually do the exercise. For example, a row. A row is a mid-back exercise. Do you know how many people I see just pulling with their arms? Yes. Even group exercise using the bands or the tubes, they just pull with their arms. And they just pull. And when it gets to be too heavy, they start to throw it into their back. Yes. Remember, it's pull those shoulder blades together first. Open out your chest, collar bones to opposite sides of the room. Squeeze the shoulder blades together first, and then the arms come in secondarily. The biceps are accessory muscles to that exercise. But when you use poor technique with exercise, it can exacerbate a problem that you have, whether it's back, whether it's shoulder, whether it's knee. Cool. Great tips. Anything else you can think of that we should be watching for our members with even low, mid, back or, or shoulder blade issues? I know a lot of people will come into and um, just, you know, be rolling out through their, through their traps and through their scapula and saying, oh, my back is just really hurting today. You know what? I, I wouldn't be a very good physical therapist if I didn't briefly mention a disc herniation. 
Yes. People should be discharged before they come back to mainstream fitness from their from their therapist or from their doctor. They should be discharged back to mainstream fitness. Now, many times people take this out on their own. Um, and so understanding that more often than not, when a disc herniates, so if you think of your disc like a jelly donut okay. and the contents, the inside of that disc start to bulge outward, like you're, you know, if you push on one side of a jelly donut, it's going to pop through on the opposite mm-hmm. side, correct? Mm-hmm. More often than not, it protrudes or bulges or comes through on the side of the back. So not purely to the back of your spine, but slightly off center to the side. Sure, that makes sense. Okay. And so oftentimes, where however you move can influence the symptoms. So if it's coming through on the back, when you flex forward, that kind of encourages it to protrude through a little bit more. Okay. So normally in those individuals, we want to, you know, in therapy, we've got them, hopefully gotten their mobility back. We've gotten some more stabilization, gotten some strength back. By the time they come to group fitness, they should know whether or not they can tolerate doing, say, an abdominal curl. They might be able, they might not be able to do a full abdominal curl, which is fine. Maybe they could do a quarter curl or half of a curl. Got it. Again, know your limitations, work within them. So they are going to work within that range of motion. So you just kind of want to know, you know, if you get to know your people. I think that's probably the biggest tip because then you get to know them and you know those that have back pain, then you know why they have back pain mm-hmm. because there are a lot of reasons why someone might have back pain. So with a disc herniation, what you want to do is obviously stay away from where they're going to have their symptoms. So mm-hmm. if it's popping out on the backside, doing more forward flexion is going to give them more trouble. It's going to encourage it to pop out more. Sure. So more isometrics might be helpful there. You know, I, in my videos, I use crunches as a transition to mm-hmm. another movement. They typically are not my exercise of choice, mm-hmm. you know? So, and, and that gets into, you know, incontinence issues and things like that of, and back issues as to why they may not be the exercise of choice. They basically are a transition. Most people know crunches and they get strong in that area. But where they tend to be weak and where they tend to need our help as fitness professionals is what other exercise can I do to work with my trunk or protect my back that's not a crunch. Exactly. And so, so what happens is, you know, if you know that that disc is protruding from the back, then doing more flexion exercise probably isn't going to help. They might be able to get away with a little flexion exercise, but maybe doing more sideline exercise, maybe a little bit opposite of the injury or doing exercise, you know, maybe they're supine and say, think of your head like 12 o'clock and your right hip like nine o'clock. If you just hover your shoulder blades off the floor and just side bend from 12 o'clock to nine o'clock, now you're able to work those obliques without the forward flexion without the forward flexion and now you can get in there yep trish thank you this is i've learned a lot this has really really been helpful i hope so i hope i've been helpful really helpful i hope that you'll be on the show again i would love it i've captured her email now everybody so i can hound her and have her on again anytime thank you so much tell everybody again how they can reach you if you need to get in touch with me, you can visit me at my website. My website is www.bodyproductions.com. That's B-O-D-Y, B as in boy, O-D-Y, productions, P like Paul, P-R-O-D like David, U-C-T-I-O-N-S. There's an S at the end of it, bodyproductions.com. My email address is the same, Trish, 
at bodyproductions.com. And you can also, I'm on Facebook and I'm on, tri- on Twitter. Twitter is Trish Muse, all lowercase, all together, no spaces. So if you have any questions for Trish, you can certainly get a hold of her. You can email me, amyjo at groupfitnessradio.com. I love your suggestions for future shows. Trish, thank you again for being here. You guys, I know that you will hear from her again in the future. And until next time, thank you for listening. Bye. This has been a production of Deep Breath In LLC, and you can find us at groupfitnessradio.com. A special thanks to my technical producer, Mike Corman.